Happy Dad is available at a lot of your local bars and restaurants. You might even find it at some saloons. If you've enjoyed a Happy Dad, then you know it goes well with your burger, your wings, pizza, and steak. <laughs> People in California eat it with their sushi, too. Go to happydad.com find to find a bar or restaurant near you so you can watch the games with the boys while enjoying an ice-cold daddy drink. The ladies love it as well. If your bar doesn't carry Happy Dad, then ask them to call their distributor to stock up. You can't have a burger with that skinny can, can you? It's time to man up and drink Happy Dad. Welcome to QB Room. This is episode 8, 2023 season, and we have an awesome guest today. DJ Uyangalale from Oregon State, formerly Clemson Tiger, formerly a St. John Bosco Brave as the top recruit in the country. And Kyle, this was a blast. You've known him since he was in seventh grade. I've known him since he was a seventh. sophomore in high school. Haven't crossed paths a ton and was a blast getting into it. Uh, what were some of the highlights for you? Man, just who he is as a person, as a dude. You know, he's, his confidence is through the roof. And just talking ball with him. You don't, you know, we have college guys on here. We have a ton of NFL guys on here and talk ball. Obviously, you can relate to them. But to be able to re relate to a guy in college, talking coverages, protection, scheme, he's smart beyond his years. Um, I'm just impressed with him all around. Yeah, and then just leaving Clemson, going to Oregon State. Kind of everybody counted him out. I'm, I'm not going to say everybody counted Oregon State out. I don't know that everybody, anybody ever counted Oregon State in, and yet they are in the top 15 with a bunch of top 20 matchups in the next month for them and an opportunity for this season to go a lot of different directions, one of which to the top. And so between that, uh, we, we got into it with his brother. His brother is a five-star recruiter at Oregon. They play each other in the Civil War in about a month. Uh, the highs, the lows, his faith, who he is as a young man, and and uh, and a lot of deep football. So we hope you enjoy this episode as much as we did, because we, I mean, you'll see at the end, we had a blast just talking ball with this guy and talking life. So uh, with no further ado, we'll jump into it. Yeah, bro, you've been balling out. You you enjoying it up there in Oregon? I'm enjoying it, bro. Yeah, no, I like it out here, man. I like the coaching staff a lot. Coaching staff super. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Coach Smith. Closer to home. Yeah, closer to home. My family gets to come to a lot more games. Um, my brother's down the street. That's probably the best part. My brother's down the street. I know. I, I saw something. Did your dad go to both the games? Is that what it was? Yeah. Same like I went, uh -huh, Like I went to my brother's game after San Diego State. Uh, like Our game was at 12. My brother's game was at 5. So after my game, I got there like end of the second quarter. We got to see a little bit of him play. I just got to see him too. So it's, that's always nice. That's dope, man. That's dope. All right, we're going to start off with a game. We're going to start yep. you off, kind of warm you up a little bit. You, you already seem warmed up, though. You seem pretty good right now. You're ready to go. But he looks warm. we're going to start off with a grown man game beard. called Clemson versus Corvallis here. Okay? Play this game okay. with everybody. You know, All right. It's like everyone knows Clemson and Corvallis. So you just, I thought you'd get locked in on this. So just compare each one. Both yep. very different places. You seem like you're thriving. You were thriving down in Clemson. You seem like you're thriving up there. So we're going to start off. First one, really easy. Who has the better coaches? Ooh, you guys going straight into nah, it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. We're just kidding. Kidding. Yeah, We're not yeah, setting yeah, you up. Nah. That. That's fucked up. He's like, ooh, actually, uh, this link isn't working anymore. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll be easy. Who's got Who's got the better food? Better food. Oh, dang, that's a tough one. Um, For me, I think Oregon State, maybe. I think because they have more options. Really? More options. Mm. Now, if you're talking about, like, quality of stuff, Maybe Clemson. I mean, Southern hospitality is always good. They have good they have good food at Corvallis and Clemson, but I would probably say Corvallis just because there's more options. I'm kind of interrupting here, but did yeah. you ever go to so I I I spent a lot of time with Deshaun Watson at Clemson and a lot of time with Trevor Lawrence at question Clemson and Cade mm -hmm. now. I've been out there multiple times. There's a random hole in the wall. I want to say it's either Chinese food. I think it's Chinese food that Ooh. Deshaun and Ray Ray McLeod and Honey Express. And yes. <laughs> that was really Express. good. Hey, that was that was my it's not really buy anything. It's in a strip mall. No, yeah, it's in an empty strip mall. That's my favorite place. That was my favorite. I go there go. two times a week. That's funny. The chicken wings there. I know you don't want to get chicken yes. wings at a Chinese spot, but man, hey, the chicken wings that sounds fire. fire. Chicken wings at a Chinese spot. Yeah. It's fire. But they got some really good Chinese food there. That, that was my number one spot. I go there after games and 
for me, man, when you, you go to Asian, you go to a Chinese restaurant and you got the kids working the front, that's how you know it's gonna be fire for me. Right. <laughs> uh, kids working the register, I'm like, yeah. that's, that's where I want to be at right here. So that, uh, I, that express is fire, man. I love that place. I can't Where's your spot up in uh, Corvallis, bro? Where's your spot up there? Man, there's another Chinese spot here. I'm a big Chinese food. <laughs> I like oh, Chinese so food. So there's another spot. Uh, it's an Asian market out here. It's called HK Asian Market. Uh, it's in the middle middle of the city. But then in the back, so it's, it's like an Asian food market, like a grocery store, almost small Asian market. But then in the back of the store, there's a restaurant. And it's like it's called Yummy Yummy. So it's a Chinese spot, but it's fire. Yeah, they give you, you can sit down, eat in there too, or you can get it to go. Uh, but when you sit down to eat, they got unlimited rice. I mean, for me, mm. now, I like to eat rice, white rice. It's mm. something that I love. But they got great Chinese food there. So that's that's probably my favorite spot right now. You got me hungry right now. That sounds fire. Nice. All right. Um, we're going to go, who's the better mascot, Benny the Beaver or the Clemson Tiger? Man, I have to go Benny the Beaver, man. Benny the Beaver, man. He yeah, does Clemson Tiger. Yeah, he does yeah. a lot, man. He's, Clemson he's, Tiger doesn't even have a name. I thought that was yeah, crazy. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I, that's, I mean, that's the other thing. Yeah, they don't really have a name for Clemson Tiger, but Bane the Beaver, man, he's dope. He's hella dope. It's just some frat kid. <laughs> he probably is, man. Yeah, you ever think about that? It's just some fucking drunk it's frat kid in there, probably. Yeah. Just sweating his ass off all game. Yeah. Then you're putting up like 60 <laughs> points, and he's got to do push ups and back handsprings in there. That's what yeah. he's doing. Yeah, he probably lit too underneath, too. Yeah, he definitely is. All right, last one. What's the better game day atmosphere? Clemson's got a pretty great one, but Oregon State, especially the way you got them going right now, looks pretty fun. Man, I would probably say uh, I wouldn't want to pick in between because both of those places are crazy. Like Clemson, mm -hmm. man. Obviously, I think Clemson, they have, they have more fans at the game. But Oregon State, man, gets really loud there. And I think at research, they do a really good job, especially with the new side of the stadium. Like when we play Utah, a place is jumping, rocking. I really like the chainsaw. Like on third downs or our defense is out there, mm -hmm. I think that's something that's super unique. It's crazy. All the fans love it. Uh, I think our student section at Oregon State is pretty mm -hmm. dope. But it's hard to compete against Clemson, man. You got the Tiger Walk. You're coming down the, the hill, bus ride right yeah. around. Like that was that's once in a lifetime experience. Like a lot of people don't ever get to experience that. And I was blessed to be able to play there and experience that and run down the hill. Like that's that's I don't think it's hard to beat that. Like you really can't beat yeah. that Clemson. It's super unique. So, Kyle, they have Howard's Rock at the top, and then they run yeah. down the hill. But there's that exact replica inside the facility. Yep. It's like a mini one. And you can, like, press a button, and it makes the noise and all that stuff. So it's like they took it, and then they replicated it and made it mini. And so I'm sure recruits love running down the hill or whatever when they come and yeah. see it for the first time. But no, Yeah, that's why DJ signed. Yeah, he just yeah. did a little I don't think he's like, being yes. politically correct saying both. I think it's like – and yeah. I called a game a few years ago when Jaden yeah. Daniels played at Oregon State against Jake Luton. Yeah. Uh, for Fox. And so I've been up to Oregon State. It was a big game at the time. It was the end of the season. And I, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't think you're just playing both sides of it. They're both very unique, mm -hmm. very cool game day experiences. Yeah. I think that goes with a lot of places. Like you got, I think every stadium is unique. You know, like some mm -hmm. people might like this better, some people might like that. But like every place I feel like I play that has all been unique. And they all have something unique about them, something that's dope about them, and something that's different than anywhere else, any other stadium. So, yeah, as long cool. as you got like, especially Corvallis too, like small town, mm -hmm. like people are showing up, the team's yeah. doing well. So even if you got Fairweather fans, like right now, people are coming. Yeah, I feel like those small towns is the best ones to be at. I agree. And you got like Washington State up there too. Pac-12, yeah. we're gonna get into the Pac-12 in a little bit. Disbanding, okay. it's pretty yeah. fucking sad in my opinion. But Pac-12 has some yeah, in like some of the best venues in football, in my opinion. Uh, I want to switch gears quick. I want to see if you remember this. Do you remember yeah. when you and me met? Yeah, man, uh, Arizona, Coach uh, Coach Dennis. Mm -hmm. I, was really, I was talking to him the other day. I was talking to him like two days ago. Yeah, I definitely. Do you remember how old you were? Uh, I was. When well, I meet Coach Dennis, I was probably my freshman year, maybe. I think you were in seventh grade when I met you. Was it seventh grade? And the only reason I remember it, and I was just telling Jordan the story before, is you were out there and you like you basically looked like you do right now in seventh grade. Now, you may not have all the facial hair, but you definitely had at least a mustache when you were twelve. <laughs> and you had this like mini peewee football mm -hmm. and your hands on the peewee football looked like my hands do on the mic right now. Like yeah. you're throwing like, like literally your hands were too big that you couldn't throw a spiral because your hands were too big. Yep. And I just remember you were dropping back. You were throwing like, you were going and throwing sessions and I'm like, all right, who's this kid? Let's see what he's got. And then you ripped like an 80 yard go route. And I'm like, I'm sitting there, I'm trying to do the math. I'm like, all right, seventh grade. I'm a junior in high school right now. I got five years on him. Okay, so I'm going to have a little bit of a head start on him. 
because I know damn well I'm never going to be able to do any of that shit that he can do right now. <laughs> and then you just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. I just wanted to see if you remember that because no, it's I, like a vivid memory in my yeah, brain. I remember now, yeah, because I'm trying to think of my man. I've known Dennis a long time. So I'm like, man, what's the yeah. first thing? Yeah, seventh grade. I remember. I know exactly what you're talking about because he had his son out there, Jordan. Mm-hmm. Now, I remember that. It was at the park. He used to go to the park and throw. Oh, man, the cactus park with the grass yeah. is up to your ankles. Yeah, no. Was, yeah, that was really getting it out of the mud for us. I remember meeting your pops, and I don't yeah. know if we like met or if it was the Chargers one, right? one of those things. At the Chargers? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember the Chargers. Yeah, it was. Chargers practice facility. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Okay. I yeah. forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were next and up and coming and all that stuff. And then Rayal Mid- Mitchell, who was ahead mm-hmm. of you, you were a sophomore. He was a senior. He's the starter. He's got offers. And then he gets, you know, he came to some of my stuff that offseason. And all of a sudden, yep. I hear that Rayal got benched. And I was like, did he play bad? They're like, no, the sophomore is a baller. And I was like, really? So I started watching you. Uh-huh. And then I went to your game versus JT Daniels at Modern Day. And yeah. I'm at the game. Uh-huh. I don't remember. Did you guys win that game? Hell no. Man, they, we, they, we, that team was <laughs> they like, so JT good, was they were one of the best high school they never, they never trailed one time all year. Dude, that was, was, that was bananas. Yeah, that was our, we were the best game they had that year, and we lost by, I think, 10 points, 7, 10 points. So I go, I'm at the game, and I'm sitting with JT's parents, mm-hmm. and and I catch like, at this point in my life, I'm catching like one or two high school games a year. Now I catch yeah. five or six because I take my son. My son's seven. My oldest is seven, mm-hmm. so we, you know, go to a game on Friday, or whatever. Yeah. But I go there and so watching you play, and mm-hmm. you had a couple just like crazy throws, and I go to the bathroom at halftime. And there's this long ass line, and I get there and I get in and I go, I get out and I'm washing my hands, and next to me is Jim Harbaugh. And he's wearing the same outfit that he wears every single day. He's got dockers yeah. on, pants. <laughs> khaki pants, he's got a Michigan hat. Yeah. And I've known Jim forever. And I'm like, Jim, what's up? And he's like, hey, sit with me in the second half. So I go up and sit with him and whatever Michigan coaches are with him. He's like, hey, I like this DJ kid. I'm going to offer him. I think he offered you after the game. Yeah, and I, got and, uh, and I just remember him watching the whole deal. That's funny. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's a crazy story. Yeah, no, that was that was my first game ever starting. That was my first start in high school. You first start was against Modern Day. Damn, yeah, man. Yeah, that was that was tough. Yeah. Only up from there. Yeah, only You're up. Good. Yeah. So fast forward a little bit. So you've played in the ACC at a high level. You've played in the Pac-12 uh, at a high level. Um, is this year's Pac-12 and it, all of them and some of the teams you haven't played yet? Obviously, is this the level of competition, the level of ball, the level of everything, talent, uh, all that stuff, athleticism? Is that better than any of the years that you played in the ACC? How would you kind of compare those two? Man, I think I think the Pac-12 is different. I think, man, this year in the Pac-12 is crazy. I think the level of quarterbacks, like the talent of quarterbacks in the Pac-12, I think it's better than all the years I played in the ACC for sure. I mean, from top to bottom, you look at it, like I think every team has a good quarterback and every team is elite. Or if they have a backup, that's elite too. I think that's one thing, like the level of talent in the depth in the QB room is crazy. But, I mean, I haven't really played the whole season yet in the Pac-12 yet, so I couldn't I couldn't really assess from, like, compared to the ACC. Like, last year the ACC was really good, I thought. I thought my junior year last year, was the ACC was probably the best that mm-hmm. it's been I, when I played there. Like, from top to bottom, the teams were really good. They had good quarterbacks last year as well. Devin Leary and a bunch of other guys in the league with Jordan Travis. There's a lot of good quarterbacks, but – I'd probably say maybe the Pac-12. If it shapes out the way we're going right now, I think the Pac-12 probably. Isn't that crazy on a year that the Pac-12 is going to be one of the the best conferences in football, the next year it's not going to be a conference at all? You're not in it for much longer. It's not really going to affect you. It might affect your brother, yeah. right? But is that something you guys talk about a lot? I mean, not. I mean, you try not to talk about that stuff. I mean, it's always it's a question in the room. It's a question in the air. Like, man, what's going to happen mm-hmm. after this year? I mean, I have no clue. I mean, I've heard the Tupac. I mean, Washington State and Oregon State it's the only teams right Tupac. now. Well, I, didn't, I didn't hear it called that. The Tupac yeah. fire. I've heard, I've heard now. I mean, we're playing in the Tupac, yeah. like, but That's I, I won't deny it. Yeah. I'm a straight. I have no, I I have no clue. Like we try not to talk about it. Um, like Coach Smith. I mean, he says he doesn't. He has no clue. And like, I don't think. Like, I mean, I think the only people that know is probably like the administrative people, the AD. But like, we don't really talk about. It. All he says, man, is just like. All we can control is this season, and every week we have one game. Like this week, we got UCLA. It's the only thing we got to worry about. Like, I mean, there's no point to worry about next year. Long, what happens this year? Like, the, tomorrow's not promised, man. Like, 
to, tomorrow's not promised. We don't know. We could be here today and gone tomorrow. Like, you have no clue. Uh, we want to talk about your head coach. Yeah. Jonathan Smith, your yeah. old head coach, Dabo. Yep. He had a lot of he had a lot of good sayings. They called him the Daboisms as and he'd be on TV a lot. I remember he said the last one he said was, We've had NIL here, name image and name image and likeness of Christ. We're playing for the name image and likeness of Christ the other day. And I was like, that's not gonna help you compete. Like I respect it, but that's tough. Yeah. Is there any um sayings that your new coach has that rival Dabo's? Uh nah, I probably wouldn't say, man. Coach Smith, man, he's he's hella chill. He's like a chill dude man like he's hella cool to talk to like i can go in his office and talk about whatever and just talk about whatever i want like uh but dabble is totally different like he had hella sayings hella sayings like like you said like dabbleism like uh there was man he, i could come off with stuff off the top of my head just like different stuff he would say but coach smith doesn't do he's it's they're like two different coaches mm -hmm. like coach smith like um uh, he has me we have a team meeting like once a week like two times a week maybe it's like 10 minutes he says we need to say we get out coach Sweeney we would meet every day for like 20 to 30 minutes and I think it's like they're just two different guys like coach Smith likes to be in the background likes to uh, doesn't really like to talk too much just lets the coaches handle everything with the players Dabble's a lot more hands-on and like more like like he's more vocal like the guy right here but coach Smith is vocal as well but like they take two different approaches so like I wouldn't mm -hmm. coach Smith doesn't really have any sayings like just like that well, I, so I go way back with Coach Smith, I don't, and then I only know yeah. – well, I've talked to him about it because I, I mm -hmm. called a game there a few years ago, but he was a college counselor at the Elite 11 uh -huh. when I was in seventh grade. Oh, shoot. Ben Roethlisberger was a sophomore, right? David Carr was a junior. Not uh -huh. Derek Carr. David Carr yeah. was a junior, right? Number one pick. Mm -hmm. And uh, and his receivers were Ocho Cinco and TJ Hushmanzada. Yeah, and so Chad Johnson and and and, uh, and TJ, and so those were teammates of mine. I played with them at Cincy for four years, and so going through that, go back, and this is in San Juan Capistrano, like the second ever Elite Eleven, and and those are the counselors. A guy named Rohan Davy that you probably haven't heard that name. He was at LSU at the time. There's a handful of guys, and I remember my high school coach Bob Johnson. I don't know if you remember Bob Johnson, but he was the Mission Viejo coach when you were little, and he yeah before uh, championships job right. Yes. Yep. So, mm -hmm. you know, my I, I transferred there to play for Bob my senior year. Won, you know, whatever CIF, but sick. Congrats. They've won a bunch. No, no, yeah. they've won a bunch since then. He was a great coach. Right? Tight, he just tight, like tight. won a ton, right? Sanchez, all these people came there. Anyway, yep. he he created the Elite Eleven with Brian Stump and Andy Barker and all the guys at Elite Eleven. And so he's going through that, and I remember so it was my coach who was basically training my brother and I, and I go. And he, and I wanted to throw because I was a little kid and I was catching balls. And I go, how yeah. come, you know, can I, can I throw? He goes, no, 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 no. We got high school kids, college guys, because this is a new concept, the Elite 11. Mm -hmm. It's a totally new concept. And he goes, no, you can't throw. And I was like, okay. And I remember <laughs> watching everybody throw. And I go, hey, coach, how come you're letting that guy throw? He goes, who? And I go, the guy with the black cleats <laughs> with the black hair. He goes, that guy? Because he's the starting quarterback at Oregon State. I literally, as a seventh grader, was like, how come that guy gets to throw it? I don't. Because this dude was like short, going bald, didn't look cool, was throwing ducks. And my, my coach goes, you got to understand this for a second. This is one of the best college quarterbacks in the country. So that next year, I watched him just absolutely shred the Pac-10, yeah. not the Pac-12. Yeah, and it was just all time one of the most unassuming physical presence. It's why the way you're describing him as a coach right now, I'm like, huh. yeah, that makes total sense. He's not trying yeah. to make it about himself and put himself out there. He's just trying to get it done and figure out a way to do it better. Yeah, and no. so it's so funny because that's how he was as a player is very yeah, unimpressive wow. in person, very mm -hmm. productive. Yeah, no, that's that's I mean, that's an honest assessment of Coach Smith, man. Like you don't you don't really like a practice you wouldn't know, like from like hearing people talk, like he just in the background, like he's just off to the side, just watching, like kind of just like man, he's just like chilling. Like he not, he doesn't have a mic in his hand, saying stuff like things go bad. He just, he don't even say anything until the end of practice. Like he'll come out, I come up to you, say something during, like come up to me during practice, say something he liked or this or that. But besides that, man, he's just he lets all the coaches do all the work. I think that's something that's so cool. he's quiet, but he's mm -hmm. aggressive. Talk about the aggressive mentality. I think you said so oh, yeah. yourself. Uh -huh. that you never punt in Madden. Right, yeah, you always nah. go for it and all that stuff. Talk about like the how that has played out and come together. No, nah, like they're big. Uh, they're big on the analytics here. Coach Smith, 
uh, all the office guys, they're big on analytics. Like, man, like we got a whole chart on like when we're going for it and different stuff like that. But I like it a lot. I mean, being aggressive, I think that shows the confidence he has in us in offense, the quarterback, the players on offense. And we know when we get in the third down, like, hey, third down and long, depending on, like, man, we only got to get half here. Like, if you get half here, maybe a little bit a little bit less than to make it comfortable, depending on where we're at on the field, like, we're going for it. Like, fourth and one, if we're on the 20, we're going to go for it. On the other – on the on Actually, the, actually on your own 20, you're going to go for it. Like, yeah, I think Washington State, we're on the 25, 30. We went for it. We didn't get it. What'd you call? You uh, didn't get it? No, nah, I missed it, bro. I missed it. I folded right there. That was a bad. Oh, we throwing it on fourth and one. Usually yeah, that's like QB sneak time right there. Yeah, like well, this week I think we're on the 35, 40 against Cal. We went for it. QB sneak got it. I mean, it was we're only up by like twelve in the fourth quarter, like eleven points in the fourth quarter with twelve minutes to go. So I mean, a lot of teams are probably just going to punt it there. But yeah, no, we go for it. We go for it a lot. I think we we're five for five and fourth down last game. And that's something he's big. He talked about, like, all the analytics. Like, we're going to go for it. We have four downs. We're going to use it all. Yeah, analytics like is real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Analytics has made their way through the NFL heavy. Or you yeah. saw the the Chargers go for it at the end of the game two weeks straight. Yeah. Because of analytics. Mm-hmm. And it almost bit them in the ass. They went QB sneak out their own 25 with two yeah. minutes left in the game. And they fucking turned the ball over twice. So, I have I have an interesting relationship with analytics. It yeah. It freaks me out sometimes, yes. man. But I think some people like it. Some people don't. Uh, but I mean, at the end of the but, day, man, like Coach Smith, he's like, man, we're not going to play the game scared. We're going to go out there and be aggressive. We're going to play the game to win. We're not going to play the game to lose. And that's what I like. And about. he's got, yeah, he's got confidence. That just shows he's got confidence in his quarterback yeah, at the end of the day. That's yeah, like teams aren't, teams aren't, they're not focusing on analytics if they don't got a guy back there that they can trust. So I think yeah. when, t- when you'd go for that, like we had Baker on here a couple weeks ago, and at the end of the game on, third down and four minute situations, they're letting them throw the rock. Like yeah. that means they got confidence in you. So, that shows the confidence. And I remember I was talking to AJ, AJ Vaynerchuk, who's an agent that me and you share. Um, yeah, AJ's man. the man, by the way. Love yeah, AJ. Man, AJ's man. awesome. Uh, AJ. Great great choice, man. AJ's awesome. Uh, but I remember talking to AJ when you were looking to transfer last year. Mm-hmm. Just curious. Me and AJ talk about random stuff all the time. And I was like, where's he thinking of going? And he said, Oregon State. And I was like, Oregon State? It's so random. And then he was like, no, it's going to be great. you got to look into the coach, look into the, the scheme. It's going to really set him up for the NFL. And you've come out and said that you feel like being in this offense and being around this coach uh-huh. has furthered your your mental abilities in the game. Can you talk kind of on what you've learned this year and the system and how it's changed your way of how you look at football? Yeah, no, definitely. I think for me, man, when I put my name in the portal, I was going for it. I wanted to go somewhere more pro style. I think I've said it a bunch. I want to go somewhere more NFL style, kind of like the Niners, what all the NFL teams are doing with LaFleur. You got Shanahan, all the different guys, McVay, like the Rams. And I feel like that's just the type of offense I wanted to play in. Something for me, I played in spread since high school to college in like more of like RPO systems. I haven't been under center since maybe youth football or really run like a real NFL offense where you got a long wristband, you got a wristband call, and it's you got different alerts, different checks getting two play calls and you're checking it at the line, making alerts, bring receivers in for the blocking scheme in a run game. And for me, that's somewhere I wanted to do. It's something I want to get more familiar with. And that's where I want to be able to grow my football knowledge and be able to show people in the NFL I can do this. Yeah. Do you feel like you're you're getting closer to or seeing a bigger part of the, the, the game? Because you only know this is true in life, but true in quarterback, you only know what you're exposed to. Hundred percent. Right? So yeah. I do draft training every year. I've been doing it for like fifteen years. And so like there's a really I've had really smart guys that played in really simple systems. And so you get them on the whiteboard and you talk and they don't sound that smart when really it's like, no, it's not that they're not that smart. They haven't been exposed to very good football. And then I've got guys who are not not as smart as others, but they've been exposed to really good ball and they crush it on the board. And you're like, you can think they're smarter than they are. And then ironically, Oregon State, Sean Mannion is probably He's one of the smartest guys I've ever been in a room with, Yep. but was exposed to like the highest levels of complicated football with yep. uh, Coach Riley back in the day. So he sets out differently. And then I've had some guys that, you know, not super sharp and haven't been exposed. Right. So you said get across the board. Yep. You played with Coach Coach Streeter. I was office coordinator at Clemson. I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I did Trevor's draft prep and I did Deshaun's draft prep. And so, you know. There's, I think there's a, there was a, there was a gap that needed to be made up in terms of understanding the complexities of NFL offenses. Mm-hmm. So that's what you've been exposed to now getting exposed to this. Do you feel like with just talking about what's happened moving forward, not backwards, 
do you feel like you've been exposed to more ball and more stuff that is it opened up your mind a little bit in terms of how you can attack things and how you can protect things? Uh-huh. No, I think definitely. Yeah. I think from what we're doing at Clemson, it was totally different. We're doing Oregon state. I think you hit it on the nail. I mean, like you said, like when you're exposed to different stuff and this offense is totally different than what I was doing at Clemson. And like, I'm exposed to a lot more. I've learned a lot in my time here and just being here 10 months now, almost a year. I've learned more football than I have in a long time. And it's been great because it's a new offense that I haven't learned in my whole life. It's just different. Like from the run checks that we do to the run to the pass game to the different stuff. Like there's a lot more we look at in a different pass game concept to the play action. Like we're running mm-hmm. a little bit hand up play action here off hard run game, half roll. I mean, you got like different stuff. I mean, I have probably 15, 20 different play actions that we do which marries everything into the run-pass concept, every run game, like every run run play we have, we marry it with a pass concept and a play action, also with a naked boot. And it's just totally different. It's something that I wasn't used to, that I wasn't exposed to. Then now that I've gotten here, it's been, for me, it's been awesome. Like, this is the stuff, I mean, for me, I love football. I love ball. I love talking ball. Like, this is something I want to do for a long period of time in my life that I can do forever. But it's just been something dope that I love to see and just love to learn, man. Like, I'm a sponge. I want to learn as much as I can. And being here at Oregon State with Coach Langer, Coach Smith, uh, Coach Boyer, there's been a lot of great coaching staff here that I've learned from here. So it's been great. Well, I got some clients that are in their late 20s, early 30s, so don't change that for sure because that's uh, that's potentially the most important piece of playing quarterback for a long time. Yes, loving it and want to learn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, as soon as you think you, you have it all figured out, it's about when somebody, uh, you know, jogs in the huddle and you jog out. Um, let's shift gears here for a second. Let's talk about your brother, man. I, uh, my brother's five years older than me. Um, you know, I grew up, he was my idol. I always looked up to him. And then I got a chance to back him up for four years and play with him and do all that stuff. So your brother committed three days um, before your, you know, you declare that you're going to go to Oregon State. You know, Mateo, did that play a role? He's a, so for those of you who don't know, he was a five-star recruit, defensive end. I saw him catch a couple of balls too at tight end. Yeah. Um, but you know, just your younger brother being a baller and not being in DJ's shadow, you know, I think that was heavy for my brother was just yeah, how big the shadow was. Mateo created his own path. Did that play any role? And I mean, how cool is that watching your little brother do his thing? I mean, I mean, for me, man, I love my brother. That's my best friend. I mean, we talk all the time. I love that guy. Uh he's an unbelievable football player, baller great he's a great producer as well does music but uh for him i mean my, by the way i told yeah. the guys that i was like hey young concrete man yeah has beats i don't know if he has bars but he has beats <sighs> yeah. and i'm just gonna put this out there we need a beat from young concrete to close this episode out we're gonna have to get that in yeah send him a, have him send us a beat yeah i need a heater but sorry go ahead yeah no but for mattel man um the one thing cool, uh, like the cool part about when I put my name in the portal, I was like, I was, I was back home for the most part, like for the whole month of December. And for Mattel, he didn't commit till signing day. So I got to be there and be with him, like for all the in-home official visits, like the in-home visits. So I was there. for mm, That's dope. Like, I was there for Oregon, Ohio State, and USC. That was just three schools that he was choosing from at the end. And so I got to be there and talk with the coaches and every single one of them and ask them, questions i had for him like certain questions like this stuff i mean i've been i've been in college football you guys so, that is so valuable. you see through the fluff i mean like i want to ask him mm-hmm. stuff about personnel like hey, what do you guys see in him what do you see him doing in three years like what are your personnel like what do you want to do like do you want to make him outside backer like you want him dropping different stuff you want to play four eye like yeah he's 265 270 right now but he can move so do you plan on moving him to a four eye maybe a three tech or you don't want him to be able to drop in the zone be an outside linebacker like kind of like the two, four, kind of like the hybrids they're doing right now. So mm-hmm. that was pretty cool, stuff like that. But, um, like, I got to sit down. Like, when he made his decision to Oregon, it didn't really have, a like, a, a effect on where I wanted to go. And, and it was, like, he asked me, where am I going at the same time? And we got to watch film together. And he asked me, like, where do you want to see? Like, this is what I want to do in college. Like, well, this is where I want to go. But it wasn't, like, a choice, like, oh, I was going to go to Oregon State. And he was going to go to Oregon and make it close together, or he was going to go to SC or whatever it was. Like he made his decision, and I made mine. Yeah, just a benefit. Well, you guys are going to play each other, right? Civil War. Yeah. That's what it's called. Yeah, Civil War, yes, sir. Right at the end, um, you know, I I mentioned my brother got to play with him, and never got to play against him. He's older. He's a lot better too, but never got to play against him. You guys are literally going to play against each other, right? Like yeah. he could sack you, he could pick you off, yeah. you could stiff arm him. You know what I mean? Like yeah, no. 
for real. you can rip a dig for 60 as he pops you in the face. Like, have you thought about it? Have you talked about it? Yeah. Have you like, that's gotta be incredible. No, I mean, we've talked about it, I guess, like when people bring it up, I mean, but me and Mattel, we haven't really talked about it. Um, I mean, I hasn't really like come to a thought. I mean, yeah, once the week comes, I'm like, yeah, I'm actually going to play against my brother. I've only played with him. Like you said, you've only played with your brother. Uh, for me, we're three years apart. So it's never like we played, we only played on the same, we only played on the same team once in high school and he was the tight end and I got to throw one ball to him. But besides that, like we never really played against each other. So it's going to be crazy when it happens. And then we could be on the other side and be looking at him like, damn, it's my brother right there. So it's, it's going to be. Bro, you're literally going to be five yards away from him. Yeah, I know. He's out there on the field. And it's not it's not even going to be like he's back there playing safety. Yeah. And no. that's probably the only time you'll ever get to play against him. You got bragging rights for the rest of your life right there. I know. So it's going it's to be something to cherish, man. I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, I want to move on to talk TV shows here. You were part of QB1 when you were in high school, right? But I want, I want you to take us through that because you weren't originally supposed to be on the show, right? It was a guy in front of you. Yeah, it was a guy in front of me. Yeah, Real. Uh-huh. Yeah, so you end up playing over him, and then what happens? Do you just they just hey DJ, you want to be in the show now since you're the starter, and they move on and they start going with you? How'd that happen? Yeah, honestly, man, I hated it. I didn't like. I mean, I don't, I don't like the cameras and stuff like that. Like it was, it was a cool experience, but man, like those. I mean, like the reality TV shows, like the guys are like this, like with the camera right there. I'm like, man, like almost feels like I'm about to go to the restroom. They go follow me in the restroom. I'm like, hey, like <laughs> chill out real quick. <laughs> Hey, but <laughs> I, mean, I don't like that. I don't like the cameras like all on me, like doing, watching me, everything I do on like camera right behind my ear. Like I got a microphone above my ear on the sidelines of the game. Like I'm like, oh shoot, like, hey, I'm like, it's it's just different. But it kind of it happened weird, like that season happened, and then it kind of just like they had cameras on him, but then they also had cameras on me in the game because like they filmed the whole weird. rest of the season. Yeah, but, like QB one, like the season ends. I think like that modern day game, my first game starting, like that's where it cuts off. So but oh, that was only game six, seven. Like we played six more games after that. So it was like there was they never ended up they always told me they're gonna run like a spin-off for like the next six games of that in QB one, because they followed me for the rest, like they like for the rest of the season, all the way leading up to the CIF championship, but they never released that stuff. But it was it was it was definitely an experience. Uh, something that I didn't like too much. It was, it was, it was, it was a cool. Ble- it was a blessing to be a part of it. But for me, man, I don't, I don't really like all the cameras like that. I'd rather just be chill, lay back, just hang out with the family and stuff. Yeah, you're so young too. Like we see what happened to Spencer Rattler during the show. You know, like I'm sure Spencer. I grew up. He's an Arizona kid, so I grew up yeah. knowing about Spencer and hearing about him. And I'm sure he's grown up in a long, a lot since his sophomore year of high school compared to where he is in, in college now. And you're catching you at a weird time. Yeah. It's just it's a tough it's a tough time to take advantage of a kid too you know yeah, no. Nothing, you you probably handled it well but there's not a lot of kids that would. No, I appreciate it, man. They asked me, they wanted me to do it my senior year. I was like, man, I like, nah, I'm okay, like, I'm, I'm I'm fine, I'm fine with not doing it. But yeah, because they do it for all your senior year, like quarterbacks on there for senior year. So it was it was crazy. It was a crazy. It was a crazy. Crazy to be a part as of. you know from playing in college, high school is as pure as it gets, and it's getting less yeah. pure, obviously, with money and all the stuff. But like, you mm-hmm. gotta keep that. <laughs> you gotta keep that. Yeah, no. Awesome with mm-hmm. my boys, with a bunch of kids yeah. who are never gonna play football again. Yeah, you gotta keep it that way. Uh, let's talk about highs and lows for a second. So, um, I've always believed that you know how good a quarterback is, and this is true in life too. But how good a quarterback is is how well you handle the highs and the lows, the inevitability of success and adversity, and that can mean a lot of different things. I don't know if you know this, but like the the my logo, the little mountain range, that's all that is. High low, high low, high low. There's that's what it means, right? Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's dope. It's, yeah, it's a summit. It's just up down, up down, up. Yeah. down. I haven't seen this one yet. Everything went perfect, yeah. and then they got uh, all the money at the end. Man, I, I haven't seen that. it. Don't plan on it. Wish. Yep. And so, you are five star recruit, number one guy. All the stuff. Successor to Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence was number one since day one, as Adidas put it, right? And all that stuff. And you go there, you have up and down years, um, some some high highs and some low lows. Yeah. Um, if I remember correctly, you went in when he got sick with COVID and lit up Notre Dame, right? Yeah, sir. Right. So then all of a sudden that creates unrealistic expectations, right? Yeah. And so you go in and you live through that. Now you go to Oregon State. You guys are rolling, right? You got a top 15 ranking with a bunch of big games. The crazy thing about right now, this side note about Pac-12, yeah. is like all you guys – have like four or five big games coming up. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Utah yeah. has five big ones. I talked to yeah. Bo Nix the other day. He's got five big – like, everybody has four or five games. This could go a lot of different directions. Oh, you know what okay. I mean? Mm-hmm. Caleb's only played two, one or two good teams so far, right? Yeah. And so relevant ranked teams. And so um, you, you, you got it rolling, right? Like, how much more positioned are you to handle this? Like, how much have you grown up? Like, what are the key takeaways? What have you learned? Like, you've been through a lot in a short amount of time with a lot of football ahead of you. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, no, I think for me, man, my time in college has been, yeah, I think, like I said, there's been some really good times and then there's some really bad times. But I feel like, man, for the most part, man, it's been it's been a blessing. Like, man, each and every day, I feel like God is the path that he wants for me, man. I'm trying to follow on the road that he wants for me each and every single day I can and try to live out my best for him, for his glory and everything he's done for me. But there's been, yeah, there's been some times where it's been great. There's been some times where it hasn't been too good. It's been like, dang, I'm like, for me, man, I feel like I've grown up a lot and I've grown a lot of my faith is in the most part and just leaning on my faith in Jesus Christ, my heavenly Lord and Savior, like leaning on him, man, and giving him all my problems and different stuff, praying, talking about different stuff with tight-knit family that I have, like a small circle that I believe in. I feel like that's helped me out a lot, like kind of shortening up your circle, people that you believe and talk to, and like not listen to the outside noise. I know Coach Sweeney said that a lot, but that's, that's that's really true, man. And I think like if you think about, you look at Twitter, look at too much stuff, like it's gonna all get into your head. It's just not gonna help. But I feel like over the times I've been in college, man, I've, I've learned a lot, like how to deal with the pressure, like how to deal with different stuff, how to deal with adversity. Like for me, man, in high school, I never have any adversity. Like, um, mm-hmm. like yeah, I lost a game to modern day in the CIA championship. like. That's really nothing. Like in a in a big sense of where like losing a game at Clemson, all of a sudden you start two and two. And it's like the world's coming to an end and it's crazy. And it's like on a big magnified uh system where it's like, man, it's right there on ESPN, everyone's talking about it. Like like you're not playing good, DJ's not the one, needs to get benched, different stuff like that. And for me, man, I think I look at it as a blessing. I, I got to go through something that a lot of people to go through and I've come out on the other side and come out of it a winner, come out of it a better person. And I learned from that, and I feel like God's helped me along the way. Without him, man, I wouldn't be in the spot I am today. Yeah, and just talking about your faith, man, I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. So having a lot of success early and and that the up and down not hitting until you went to college, not yeah. because college has been bad, you've had a great career, Yeah. just because high school was so smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, like, how has – like? How have you learned through the adversity? Like, how has your faith been strengthened through your adversity? And and if there's anybody or any quote or any scripture that's like helped, you know, unearth that and strengthen that for you? For me, man, I met uh, Clemson. I met a I met a guy, a pastor. His name is Dan Leanne. Uh, one of my one of my best friends to this day. A guy that texts me all the time. I talk to him on the phone a lot, and I still keep in contact with him. But he's a guy that's helped me throughout throughout my times at Clemson and just with my faith, man, you know, for me, uh, I'm always been a believer, always been a believer in Jesus Christ, my heavenly Lord savior. But he was a guy that just, he talked, he's friends with Trevor and a lot of guys at Clemson. He was just a guy there for everybody. And he's just a cool dude, man. Like, and he, he helped me with my faith and just helping me see a different side. Like, man, I'm not defined by football, you know, I'm a bigger person than that. Like the football doesn't define me as a person. Like, it doesn't define me if I win or lose. Like, Jesus doesn't love, love me even more if I win this game or if I lose this game. Like, he loves me because I'm, I'm, I'm he created me and I'm the son of him, son of God. So just different stuff like that that's helped me along the way. That's amazing. And in a way you said it, like, it, you know, it's a blessing to go through it. Kind of what I said earlier about the highs and lows and managing those things. I mean, personally, for what I do, the other job and helping quarterbacks, it's, it's hoping you understand that, like, when you go through a hard time, that's actually a rep. It's actually mm-hmm. a rep, mm-hmm. right? And when you are having success, sure, feel yourself and get excited about it, but that's a rep. How are yeah. you going to handle that? How are you going to be able – the only people that sustain success over a long period of time are people who know how to handle success, Yeah. right? Just because they give you a bunch of money doesn't mean you're going to have a bunch down the road. you got to learn how to have money, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's the same imagine. thing with success. I think it's yeah. the same thing with faith. Um, so with that, we had Jared Goff on a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and Jared Goff. He's the number one pick. He goes to the Rams. He goes to the Super Bowl his third or fourth year. He signs a big contract extension. And then they go, nah, we'll take Stafford. We're going to move you from L.A. to Detroit, right? 
So I brought this up in pre-production because I couldn't help but think like everybody's so excited about you coming there. And then and my nephew who went to Clemson would be like, I saw DJ at a at an event, right? So everyone's so excited about you coming there, all that stuff. And then you have the, the two seasons there. And then they got another kid because the big schools always have another kid, right? I mean, that's the yep. whole point. Right? Uh-huh. Um, and they move on. And Jared Goff has gone to Detroit and found a new home and a, and a like it was it was amazing. Like, if you're gonna watch yeah. one of our episodes, by the way, mm-hmm. one complete episode, I yeah. would say watch Goff's for Goff? this reason. Yes, it was like three weeks ago, for yeah. this reason because, dude, they straight up booted him out of there. Yeah, not yeah. what you experienced. Not what you experienced. I'm talking about booted him out of there. The people who picked him booted him. The fans the fans have no part of it. Yeah. The GM and head coach booted it, traded him. Right. That's different than the fan base because none of us really care. You know what I mean? What, what yeah. the people think. GM head coach? No, you care. And he's playing the best ball of his career on top. One of the best teams in the NFC. You know what I mean? Like, it's just he's all it come up. together. He's lighting it up. He's lighting it up. But he's just like, when you watch the episode, you'd be like, man, he seems like he's in a really good place right now. Like, emotionally, spiritually, yeah. physically, geographically, right? Yep. Not not the same thing, but they go to Cade Klubnik, and you go to from Clemson to Oregon State. Talk about that transition and maybe some of the lows, some of the hard times, yeah. some of the, you know, the mirror you had to look in. How has that process gone for you? For me, man, yeah, I feel like, like for me, man, it's been a fr- breath of fresh air. Um, I feel like that's the kind of way to describe it. For me, going from Clemson to Oregon State, uh, it's been like a new start, almost like somewhere I can redefine my journey. Uh, I can share my testimony and then what I've gone through college and then what I'm doing now at Oregon State. It's been dope. Like, to go somewhere where it's kind of like I said, like a fresh start, like the coaches are here, like, hey, man, just come in here, compete. Just go to work and do what you want. Like people that have come in here and believe in me, it's been nice, man. It's been it's been cool. Kind of like I mean, I can't. I don't know Jared Goff's story, like we just talked about, but it's been it's been nice, man. Like to come here to a different place, it's smaller, not as much going on here as Clemson. Where like Clemson's all in the media. Like it's I mean, Clemson's a huge program uh, compared to like a lot of places. Like it's one of those big programs. But for here, Oregon State, it's been nice, man. To come in somewhere, be a breath, um, breath of fresh air, to learn, and just put my head down and work. Like it's, it's been it's been super dope. If I were to ask a teammate who was your boy at Clemson and a teammate who's your boy at Oregon State to compare you, has anything changed? Has anything evolved? Has anything grown? Have yeah. you stopped doing something? Have you started doing something? I, um, maybe I feel like for the most part, I don't know. Maybe not. I feel like I've been the same guy since high school. I mean, that's how I see myself. But maybe now I feel like maybe I'm a little bit more mature or maybe I act a little bit differently. Um, but I, I couldn't really tell. For me, man, I feel like I'm the same person since I've been in high school. And I try to level myself out, just be even keeled, cool, calm, collected, and just, just go to work each and every day, man, just try to work my tail off. But I, I'm, I probably have changed since I've been in college. I mean, I think life experiences, you change each and every year, I feel like. Maybe, I don't know, if I feel like last year I was a different person and this year and different stuff. But overall, like, not too much, I don't think. That makes sense. That's kind of confusing. Yeah. Maybe. No, no, you're good. Yeah, we talked about um, your coach earlier, and you were, I've been thinking about this because I think it's just two very different spaces you've been in with Clemson and Oregon State. We talked about, you know, Dabo, who's just – he's up there, and, and that's his style of coaching. And then your coach here is kind of letting you guys do your thing. And I think about it in my career, the times where I've thrived is where coaches have kind of stayed back, right? And let you take ownership of what it is and let you take ownership of your offense, your reads, your players, and let you figure it out and then make up your mistakes. And then and then it's a collaborative effort at the end of the day, but you got to figure it out on your own and make your mistakes and learn from them. And I feel like from just listening to you talk, man, you sound like an incredibly confident dude. You sound like you're at a good point in your career, like Jordan was saying about Jared Goff. And yeah. then you mix that with a coach at Oregon State who seems like he's letting you take ownership and control of the offense. Do you, do you see it the same way I see it to where this is, yeah. this is my offense now and I'm taking control of it and the guys on the offense are taking control of it? Yeah, no, I agree. I totally hit it. I think you hit it right there on the nail. Like coach Smith does a really good job and he's still in confidence and along with all the other coaches on our staff, not just me, but all the other players on the offense from the offensive line to the receivers, to the running backs, like they let us go out there and play. You know they they be there. They're also they're gonna coach us hard and stuff like that. But 
the end of the day, man, they're letting us go out there and play. They make let us make the mistakes. It's not the end of the world. If I miss a pass or if I make a mistake, you go back and learn from it. It's all like a process oriented driven offense where like, man, we're gonna learn from the mistake, continue to keep growing, keep working. Like obviously we don't wanna make that same mistake twice. But you just go in there like I'm gonna push you to get better each and every day, but it's not where like I'm gonna be over your shoulders hounding you all the time. Like, man, we just gonna let you go out there and play and make the mistakes and do 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 good at practice and then we'll just learn from it after practice. So it's been it's been nice, man. It's been like it's been it's it's been it's been a It's relieving, huh? Real relieving, man. It's been dope. Yeah, you take talk about a breath of fresh air. You get out there and go do your thing. Yeah. I like it. Well, we're gonna, we got some plays for you. We we do this segment with all of our guests. We call it Teach Tape. We're gonna bring up a couple plays. Yeah. And you you said you like talking ball. Let's get nerdy on ball. We like to yeah, get real nerdy that. on ball. I want you since this is an NFL system. Yeah. We've got a couple plays from game against Cal and game against Utah. Yep. Take us through. But before it, before you start this, this, is our producer. Before you start this, I have a just the hypothetical scenario for you. Mm-hmm. Just want to get your take on it. So oh, this is a good play right here. You got a uh, good play, yeah. But before this. This has nothing to do with this play. I just want to get your take on what you do. Yeah. There's uh, there's 38 seconds left in the game. Uh-huh. Um, you have the ball. The other team has no timeouts. Uh, you um, are, you, are you taking an E or are you going to run the ball? I already know where you're going with it. You, you got to go victory, man. And clock management. You got to go victory, right? That was victory, crazy, man. I mean, the day. You talking about the Miami game? Yes. I just had to bring it up. Yeah, no, that, that was wild. Um, I ended up watching like the highlights on YouTube because – my girlfriend's dad, Big Mike, he was telling me, man, you got to watch that game, like how it ended. Because it was during – I mean, obviously I couldn't get to get, watch the game because we played. So I ended up watching it. I was like, damn, like that's heartbreaking. But shout out to Georgia Tech, man, making – like, man, capitalizing on the opportunity, man, and winning the game. That was that was dope. Yeah. That was man, unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, we talk about – And just do it like your coach said, right? Just milk the clock a little bit. Right? <laughs> yeah, just milk, milk the, the clock. clock. That's all you got to do. <laughs> all right. So we got this first play, right? Um just take us through it. Give me, give me your read protection. You're saying you're in the NFL offense right now, so all yeah. these things you're thinking of pre-snap. Give me your pre-snap thoughts, and then what's going on in the play. Yeah, we got seal protection here, so we got the tight end coming back, slicing back, trying to sell like outside zone here, um, off of it. Uh, we're in a pistol formation here, um, so it should be dock right. That's what we call it. Um, but tight end slicing back, trying to. It's called our seal protection, but then faking a the screen here. Uh, ran it a lot, seen it on film. Want to be able to have like a change up in, like to make sure to keep the defense honest. Like if we doing screens, like this, like a regular tunnel screen here. You set him up good. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was really good. My thirteen. I appreciate it. Yeah, he did a really good job. Ji did a good job selling the DB. Worked it all week in practice. Felt like we got the look uh, right when we called the play. Looked out there, we had the perfect look for it, and we capitalized on it. So it was perfect. You're going from him. Do you have a check down? Are you checking that down to the guy that, that – uh... Yeah, so, yeah, progression. We're going J.I. right here on the – I guess uh, I guess you would call it like a, I guess like a slot fade, like selling selling the screen right here. J.I., DB takes them. Like, they don't fall for it. Maybe you could check it down to Ant if you have pressure. So, off the, like, if you have Niners pressure, if you have Nickel Sam coming off hot. And usually, if you have two, like for here, like seal protection, we get two off that field right there. Then we're hot. You know we're hot. Uh, or two off the backside, say we get cap blitz from the backside, then we know we're hot here. But this protection, we're covered up. Six-man protection should be good here, but then we have a throwback on the backside of the play. So if we don't like J.I., then we can go to our second progression and work the throwback to sideball on the backside, to the back pylon here. Yeah, this isn't a protection you want to live in right here. Look at what happens when your tight end goes back and that backer adds yeah. on. You just get that ball off. Yeah. This is See, this is like – this yeah, was my getting number pre- three on that. No, we're, <laughs> we're getting a number one and a one a that's about it. We used yeah. to run this protection all the time in Carolina, my first two years. And it looks great on paper, right? You're selling mm-hmm. split zone yeah. backers. You're going to get up. And then we get a guy like we had like, I thought it was Greg Olson who was blocking. I remember we had one. It was our trick play. It was an on the ball play. I forgot what we called it. We on the ball on the ball. We ran this protection and we were going to throw like a fake back around to our F receiver. And he's going to, and I was going to dump it. Bro, your tight end, sometimes your tight end gets picked off by those guys coming back, oh, right? Sometimes he Yeah. It's what's really tough is like so the tackle, they gotta sell it inside zone, like you're talking about you gotta sell split zone. So if that DN right there, if you positive, that DN doesn't cross his face, he doesn't have him. So the tight end's gotta pick him up. But if the DN crashes and really sells that, and the tight the tackle can end up picking him up. But if he stays up the field like that, the tight end's gotta take him and then the green the linebacker green dogs off it. A will like the Mike Green Dogs off of it, then it's like, man, you're screwed. So you got to get the ball out now. So that's the tough part. Like you're talking about, it's tough on with that protection. 
Like they're good. the DN's not sliding too hard and playing the inside zone like that. The tight end's got to take him. So that's what we're thinking off that with that protection that he's going to slant hard. The tackles will be able to collect him with the backside arm, and then be able the tight end could be able to pick up that will, or if we have a Niners pressure there. That's why uh, when we get our, our call sheets on Saturday and we go, all right, what are you, you know, if you got to go in the game, which one, what plays do you like? I, I'm crossing out this protection nine out of ten times unless it's yeah. like a pop, bro. I'm like, don't no, don't call this shit, please. Yeah. And don't call it for Josh either. That was a good play. All right, let's go to this next one. Jake, if you can pull it up. All right, take us through this one. Yeah, no, this is uh, – it should be out of – should be out of our doubles or tight end attached right here. So it should be Doc, what we call it. And then it's, just, it's a simple, simple player, simple drop back. Um, you guys, you got, we got, we call it a Tony route. I guess it'd be a stick route for a lot of people. You either hook it to the boundary, you have a go route on the outside, the side bow. Tight end has a stick route. Either can sit versus man, he's breaking out zone, he's sitting in that zone. And then on the backside, we have a bridge route. Depending on the coverage, too high, one high, too high. Uh, he's able to split the safeties right there under the sham, over the mic. Um, he got too high, he's going to work off that field safety there he's going to end up working a dig there and on the back side to where i hit ant he's running a 15 yard dig so this is a straight pure progression you're starting front side working all the way across uh-huh yeah the only guy that has the option this ran out of 12 so that tight end to the field he has an option one high two high and then man man he's going to keep he's going to stair step it working across the field there too high depending on where that safety's at he's going to he's running that route off that free safety to the field and he's going to go to run in a dig or he's going to be bending it if it's covered too do you ever find it tough when you're going through progressions like this, when you're starting with a quick game progression to the right? So let's look at your footwork here, right? It's a quick game to the right. Then you got an over route, which is kind of intermediate. And then you got a deep dig coming back. Do you ever find it tough with your footwork to kind of bounce back, bounce back? I know Jordan, we used to work on this. We used to call this the breeze pop drill. This is what Drew Reese used to do. But to be able to pop from one to two to three, and keep your base and just rip a backside dig. Yeah, no, we talk about all the time. I think the one thing I like here is that we talk about all the scenarios for each play. Like, we go through the footwork and talk about, like, man, if you get this coverage here, like, most likely, if you get one high, most likely that bridge is going to be good here because the whole there's not going to be a whole defender. Most likely you're going to get five. So, if you get five, if you get a five-man blitz, five-man pressure here, and you're going to be able to have it over the middle because there will be no low hole defender because he's, he's going to have to end up taking the back right here. He's going to have to take a six, what that backer does right here in the video. So, like, the footwork-wise, it should time up. But, like, sometimes, like, you get into that dig, you're going to have to take a step back depending on it because, I mean, he ripping a 15-yard dig, it's usually punch three for us. Like, that's the timing during the reach. So, you're going to end up having to take, like, that, I guess you're talking about, like, the breeze, really, like, taking a little hitch step back just to time it up a little bit better. Toughest things, I see this in the, in the league. I know Philly does it a couple teams. I used to hate it as a player. It's combo footwork where if it's, like, one high, we're going right, two high, we're going left. But one high is quick game to the right. Yeah. Two highs, three and a hitch to the left. So it's not what you just showed right there, which is start quick game. And then by the time you get backside to the dig, which is technically number four in this progression, you're ready. It's choosing on your first step which one to do. Yeah. Do you guys have any of that? That's tough. We we do have like kind uh I mean, you have like alerts. So like say you want to rip like a 10-yard out. Alert, yeah, I, yeah. I alert's alert's yeah. different, but like we don't really have too much of like Okay, one high here, you got to work quick game. And then two high here, like, oh, you're going to have to go punch three. We don't have too much of that for the most part. And that was heavy in the league for a long time, and it was just hard, mm -hmm. right? Because it's not like coverage declares at the snap what it's going to uh, be. I mean, they can sit there and hang for two steps, right? And so it's really about eight, nine years ago it evolved into this. So this is pretty new. This is new in the last decade where we're actually going to start have a quick game answer and go across. And the other thing too is like DBs, they're reading our footwork and gun, right? So oh, if you yeah. just shuffle back, they're going to settle their feet and get ready to drive on the ball. If you start crossing over with that left foot, they're going to stay in their pedal. And so this kind of got that just history of football or offense, this kind of got the same reaction out of the defense and made them not, it, it kept them from uh, being able to just watch your footwork sure. uh, and determine their drop. Uh, but you still get that combo. I mean, like you got, mm -hmm. you could have thrown this as your right foot hit the ground to a stick. But instead, you're hitting a 16 yard dig inside that hash. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, uh, with the same exact footwork. So I love that you guys are doing this. You're the perfect quarterback to it. I, I mean, literally, since sitting with Jim Harbaugh at your game sophomore year in high school, you've always played with a great base. You've never been a guy that, like, your feet got together, your feet got out of whack. So, this is a, I mean, just a great system and, and, 
this is a great thing to ask you to do as a quarterback because you are already set up to have success at it. So it makes a lot of sense why this is working for you guys. Appreciate it, Jordan. It's interesting to hear you talk about coverages so much in college because I remember when I was back at A&M, uh-huh. and this is the difference in systems. You know, I played Cliff Kingsbury's offense in college, which is essentially yeah. the old Texas Tech, and I couldn't tell you what a coverage was to save my life. Like when we're drawing up stuff on the board, like when you draw up defenses on the board, coaches draw up, yeah, okay, the strong safety plays here, the will pushes out, yeah. and it's their covered three because they play three. Like when yeah. we were drawing up shit on the board, it was the five linemen, and then it was tackle, 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 tackle for D linemen. <laughs> and it was no, it was just B's for backers. All the backers were B's. Yeah, B's. Yeah. Yeah. And so I didn't like until I got to the NFL, I didn't like they were like Sam Mike. I was like, eh. Yeah, so, I don't know. Somewhere. Yeah, the draft uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Until I learned the 1984 <laughs> Bears offense. Yeah, fucking hey. That helped a lot. And then also we just, it might have been this way for you at Clemson, but yeah. we were just reading leverage. I was never reading coverages, really. Maybe you were you were reading coverages at Clemson, but it yeah, was we all reading, of like leverage. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, also, I mean, for the most part, yeah, we're reading coverages. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Coverages where you go work, um, like one high, two high. Yeah. That's it's cool to hear you talk about coverages, though, man, because, like, you can tell you care about it. Like, the way you talk about your protections, too, like, you know your slide protection probably better than I did right there. You talk about your tackle collecting the end over there. And, Dude, the game has evolved talk. so much at the college level. I would just say It's this, unbelievable. Like, there's a bunch of – when it comes to protections and coverages, when I say coverages, I don't mean Madden, like, two guys deep, five guys. I mean, like, yeah. leverage, understanding his role and responsibility. Yeah, He's like, the right? supposed to be inside leverage versus – quarters here outside leverage like yeah, he's gonna play yes. a game with you but the safety is 12 yards deep one yard inside most likely it's gonna be in the quarters here and then from the film like if he's in the post safety here then you got that sam tucked in you might get that two tilt here with a corner press yeah, it's different stuff mm. from the film mm. that you learn but i mean I, for me keep going he's got bars I, kyle yeah I, keep going i'm not yeah our coaches here man they've done a great job like coach boyer coach Langer, they've done a really good job and it started when i first got sounds here. like they do like the one thing i loved when i got here in january like, I was like, man, when I got here, like, man, let me get a playbook. Like, let me, let me, where's the plays? Let me learn the offense. Like, but they took the first two months, two and a half months, and we just went over every single coverage from what we're going to see from each team in the Pac-12 to every single thing. Like, just the little details. I feel like I was a def- mm-hmm. like I was like a defense coordinator. We talked about every little detail from the fronts to the backers to the secondary and each and every, their little bit of job. Like, so for me, that's helped me out a lot. I, I would feel like I was good with coverages until – I got here and it just really exploded. Like we were talking about, you're exposed to a lot when you get exposed to more, you learn more. I was exposed to more when I got here and coverages and different stuff. So I got to learn a lot more. And for me, that was that was probably the coolest thing that's happened to me since I've been here is like learning and really sitting down and talking coverage and talking ball and stuff like that. Isn't it crazy? Like you can you can have a lot of success when it comes to coverages and protections. You can have a lot of success in college at any level, right? The, the SEC, whatever, like you, you can have a lot of success in college, not completely understanding the integrity of a protection and the responsibilities of the defenders on defense. But you cannot have success in the NFL. Guaranteed. Oh, yeah. If you don't have those two things. Yeah. You can actually not, like I've had a lot of guys for draft prep who are like, don't know a ton about that. Yeah. National champion, Heisman, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but you cannot do that in the league. And, to be honest, and Kyle knows this, like for draft prep, the first thing we do is learn every single defender's responsibility in every single coverage. Man. Like that Sam linebacker in cover two does not have hook to curl. No. Hook to curl is not a thing. It's not an area. Man. Like what? He's just going to put his hands up when he goes there? No. He's got inside leverage, outside gap run support, hands on number two, funneling him outside, sinking, collecting with his eyes in the backfield. So we try and learn Man. what's this guy's actual job in every single coverage yeah. before we start learning how to attack those things. So, dude, I am. It makes a ton of sense why you jumped in the portal and hopped into Oregon State and are happy as can be. Because, dude, I, I, you could have got you could have been trying to learn that in draft prep. Yeah, maybe. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like learning it in a meeting is different than learning it by playing too. So like you are going to be you just advanced three years in one year in terms of your exposure to the game. That's awesome, man. I appreciate. Um, that. We could go on forever. Uh, yeah. We're going to wrap this thing up and get into um, two little things we like to do here. So yeah. first off, we're going to do the two minute drill. All right, we do this with all of our guests, okay? all of our roomies. You're a roomie now. Congrats, DJ. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, we're going to throw a clock on here. It's going to be two minutes. And we want to hear your journey, man. We're going to yeah. hit my, mute on our end. Um, okay. You can start it wherever you want to start it. First grade, ninth grade, 
whatever. But it ends today. Yeah. And so for two minutes, tell us about your journey, the highs, the lows, what you've learned, who played a role on the field, off the field. Uh, we'll throw it on you. Yeah. And uh, and we'll start the timer. Yeah. Uh, I'll probably start my journey off. We'll start. Uh, I'll start in high school. So for me, man, I went to San John Bosco, um, Bosco Brave, live and die brave. My high school experience there had two office coordinators, Chad Johnson, unbelievable guy. Loved him as an office coordinator, learned a lot from him. Had Coach Lowe my last two years, great guy, learned a lot from him as well. I feel like there for me, they kickstarted my offensive, my football career. Ran wing T back in youth football. Didn't know, I didn't never ran spread till I got to high school. So for me, I learned a lot from those two. Uh, then ended up going to Clemson, an unbelievable experience at Clemson. Love Coach Sweeney, love Coach Streeter, loved all my coaches there, Coach Elliott, to all the guys there. Love my teammates. Uh, for me, man, I, w- I met my wonderful girlfriend out there, uh, my rock, my baby Ava Pritchard. So for me, that was an unbelievable time there and had a great career. I felt like at Clemson, learned a lot, did a lot. And then leading up after that, um, right here now at Oregon State, here in Corvallis. Uh, for me, man, it's been a blessing. It's been a breath of fresh air. Um, it's been an unbelievable journey just from my testimony for while I was at Clemson, different things I went through from the highs to the lows to the relationships I've made at Clemson, to the people I met, to just uh, everything in life, man. Like, for me, man, I feel like my life has been a true blessing. Like, for me, there hasn't been a lot of lows in my life where I look at, like, man, I was, like, a bad time. Like, for me, man, it's been, like, I try to look at everything in my life as a blessing. Like, everything in my life happens for a reason, and I'm a firm believer in that, that God has a plan for everything in my life that he does. Like, I, this doesn't, it's not a coincidence. This is just happening. But this is all of a plan that God has for me. And each and every day I live my life uh, trying to be able to live it to the best of my ability and the fullest of my ability. Give everything I have for my heavenly Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ, each and every day. So I feel like each and every day I wake up, I just thank God that he's given me another day to live, to go out there and just live my best abilities for him. So that's how I look at my life. I love it, man. That was powerful. I appreciate it. Is that your that favorite great, one, Kyle? Man. I'm getting ready to say that was one of my favorites or my favorites. I mean, it's awesome. I just think like just from talking to you and I haven't seen you in forever, man. I just yeah, man. see you on TV, but like it's it's incredible to see how sure of yourself you are, like how confident you are and, and how you're at like such a great point to where, you know, like you're not just saying stuff to say it, like you're saying it with conviction. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you know who you are, like mm-hmm. you know the player you are, you know the person you are. More important, like more important than anything, you know the person you are, you yeah. know. And I think just whatever that confidence that's been instilled in you over the last couple of years, and whatever you had to go through, like I'm a firm believer, and Jordan is too. Just talking about journeys, that you got to go through some shit, whatever it is, oh, to yeah. figure out who you are and to figure out what you're made of, you know. Yeah, and it, yeah. it's all relative, you know. So yeah, like you know, nah, man, really that was is yeah, like you don't you don't really know who you are until you're thrown in that fire, like. Don't. You know, same thing in the game. Like, if you're not put into the pressure moments, like, you never really know who you are as, like, a real player. I feel like that's what a lot mm-hmm. of coaching for a lot of people that coach people, like, man, how, you, how is this player looking? Like, in the scouting department, like, man, how is he playing in two minutes? How is he playing when the game's on the line? Stuff like that. So, for me in life, it hasn't always been like that for the most part. It hasn't always been like that. But for me, from like, the life experiences I've been through my last couple of years and to where I'm at, my faith, and who I am as known, who I know, who I know myself as as a person, it's it's been it's been life changing. I feel like just over the past times, like I wouldn't say it's always been like that. Like for me in the last two years, it hasn't always been like that. Or it's like kind of a, like just speaking for people that like, like man, like oh, DJ might feel like this every day. Like he's been like this the whole life. Nah, like this is something where it's been for me, man. My faith is exploding and it's taken. I feel like it's grown so much through adversity and hard times to where it's big, making me a better person on the other side. So just the people that have that feel like, nah, this is just how he is. Like, nah, it's been, there's definitely some rough times that I had to come out of the fire on the other side and I've come out of a better person. Yeah, man. Changes yeah. your perspective the next time you have hard times too, right? Cause you're yeah. more welcoming to these things yeah. as a challenge and a rep. And you've always looked way more mature than your age, right? You've always looked older than you are, but dude, an hour into this thing, you are much more mature than you even look, man. So I appreciate that. Man. Um, Thank that's you, amazing. Uh, last thing we're going to do here is we always wrap it up with just talking about what we're grateful for. So yeah. this is a moment of gratitude. So yeah. um, we'll start it off with you right now. Yeah. You know, what is today? Monday, right? Like, yeah, Monday. what are you grateful for, man? What's on your mind? 
Shoot. Uh, Monday today, man. I'm grateful. Uh, for, I'll probably say my family, my mom, my dad, my brother, my beautiful girlfriend uh, that lives here with me. Just thank you for all the loved ones in my life, man. Uh, I have a great group of family, great people that I love, that I'm thankful for, that helped me throughout my life. For me, man, it's I got a, the village ways. For me, I got a lot of people that help me, that raised me. Uh, it takes a village. Uh, I'm a firm believer in that. I have a lot of people in my life that helped me raise me to the person I am today. But I'll probably say I'm just thankful for my family, man. Thankful to be a Beaver. Thankful to Coach Smith. He's given me the opportunity to be able to play here at Oregon State. Uh, thank you for my brothers on the team that have trusted in me. Man, I just want to be the best teammate for them. But most importantly, man, I'm just thankful that guys gave me the opportunity to wake up today. I opened up my That's eyes great. today. Um, got the, I got the walk today. I got the smell. I'm able to talk. I think just the little things, man. I'm thankful for those little things today. Mm. Kyle, what about you? Thankful for that Chinese spot, too. Uh, always. You to go ahead later today. <laughs> always. Fuck it, eh? Uh, for me, man, I'm going to keep it on the same page. I'm thankful for family. I just got back from London last night. Yep. Well, really, this morning I got back at like 2 a.m., but um, we played a game in London. My dad got to go. My sister got to go. It was the first time my sister's ever been to one of my NFL games in six years. The first one she got oh. to go to ended up being in London. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, my, my fiance was there. Her parents were there. I'm just thankful for family. We were just sitting down and talking about it today. Um, it's incredible how – well, our families get along together, me and my fiance. And I was totally off topic, yeah. but I feel like it's something I'm grateful for is you hear a lot of people who, who don't get along with their in-laws. Yeah. And that's just from a personal standpoint. And our families yeah. are just so close. And it's cool to see them all get together in London to come watch me play a game that I didn't even play in. So thankful for that. Man, that's dope, man. Man, I'm grateful for this role I get to kind of play in this whole little quarterback role, watching it go around and bigger role for some, smaller role for others, and then just a spectator at some point. But DJ, man, I haven't I met you when you were a sophomore in high school, seen you a little here and there, yeah. never really worked with you. You're not like you're a client, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and then just like, and then here we are, and I'm listening to you talk the way you're talking and in the position that you're in right now and the maturity and the faith and like all these things. I'm just, I, I'm grateful that, Sometimes I'm just a spectator watching guys on their journey, but I get to continue to kind of be in the middle of it and one way or another connected. I'm just grateful for that because it's just been a blast talking to you for an hour, man. Yeah. This has been great. Appreciate you guys having me on the show, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate that.